0: Okay, just arms stretched wide. Father, we're open to what you're about to do tonight. Father, we're expectant. And Lord, I pray that you would soften our hearts even more, that you would take us deeper. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen, amen, amen. Wellington. Wellington. I love Wellington. Um last year, just want to share a bit of my journey. Um I had the crappest 2016, just to be honest, it was like the worst year of my life. And you know when you have like one bad thing happen? I had like a series of things happen, and it was like I can take, you know, a few hits, but it became like I felt like I was in a boxing match, and uh, a few things happened within my family, uh, a few family skeletons came out, and it was really tough for us as an immediate family, but also with my mum and my brother, and uh, we had to face stuff that I probably, if I didn't have Jesus, would probably fall apart. And so last year was a real challenge. And um, I just thank God for the body of Christ. I thank God for the church because I really felt like I had a support network. And so last year, I just really sought God about this year for Equip Her. And I really felt the word embrace because, you know, Kathy back in 2016 was really reluctant to embrace 2017. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to read Ezekiel 11, 19. So let's just have it up on the screen. And it says this, and I love the amplified version. It says, and I will give them one heart, a new heart, and put a new spirit within them. I will take, them from, I will take from them this heart of stone and will give them a heart of flesh, that is responsive to my touch. And at the time, I was like, Lord, I really need you right now, because I'm going through this hard time, and I really felt the embrace of the Holy Spirit. And uh, all my friends who know me know that I always say I'm not a hugger, and uh, that's always been my thing, like, oh, high five. I don't hug. I'm very cautious and and uh, I was with a friend who's from Invercargill, and we were having a chat, and she had done uh, a course called SOZO, it's counselling, I don't know if many of you have heard of it, it's all about, you know, healing the whole person, and, and I'm the kind of person, I believe there's either the ugly cry, or the pretty cry, there's nothing in between, and so she cornered me, uh, it was like a five minute corner, and I thought, oh no, 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 you're not, you're not going to talk to me about anything. And she said, Kathy, why aren't you a hugger? And I said to her, well, I don't know. And she said, well, how old were you when you stopped liking hugs? And I said, I was six years old and I was hiding behind a curtain. And I went, where the heck did that come from? I said, you're good. You're very good. Anyway, so we're having this quick conversation. And she said, okay, I want you to close your eyes. And I went, oh, here we go. I don't want to do the ugly cry. And she said, where was Jesus when this happened? And I said, well, I wasn't a Christian and I was only six. So nowhere? (laughs) And she's like, oh, okay, hang on a minute. Close your eyes again. And so I closed my eyes and she said, where is Jesus now? And I said, he's standing next to me behind the curtain. And she said, do you feel safe? And I said, yeah, I do. And so she prayed for me, a quick prayer, and that was it. Nothing, you know, I didn't go in the fetal position and cry or anything like that. But what happened after that was I felt all my defenses go down. I came back to Auckland, and I saw one of my friends, and I just went, Hi, how are you? And gave them a hug. And they went to me, Hey, what's happened to you? And I went, Nothing, why? And they just said to me, I know you're not a hugger, but you just... You didn't, like, you weren't reluctant. You just came and embraced me. And I said, oh, that's, she goes, no, 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 no. What happened? So I thought about it, and I thought, wow, that conversation actually broke something over my life. Now, I'm not saying I am, like, the hugger hugger, okay? So don't go crazy and after the service be like, Kathy, hugs. But I just want to show you a video just about my journey of the hug. So here you go. Look at this video.
1: Sponsored by Audible. Ah, hugs. Hugs are a universal love language. Kind of a way of saying, hey, I like you, come here. And it should come as no surprise that when two bodies meet, well, things can get awkward. So here are the 10 most awkward hugs that you can ever receive. The too long. There's an understanding about how long an appropriate hug should last. And some people just do not adhere to protocol. Hey, Hey. it's so good to see see you. you Wow, it's been so long. Oh wow, it's so nice to see you. The perpendicular. This is when your bodies create a right angle. Get off. The Wrap. Also known as the forearms of Awkward. Oh, hello. I don't know what to do with my hands. The one-armed full frontal. This is like the normal hug, minus one arm. Oh, hi! Hi. So nice to see you. Wow, yeah. Uh, Okay, alright. The side hug. For those people in your life, somewhere in between a handshake and a full-on hug. (laughs) 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 The awkward introduction farewell. This is when your friend has just introduced you to someone, and then after hanging out with both of them, you're saying bye, and you don't really feel comfortable hugging the new person yet, but you feel like you should because you just hugged your friend you know what i'm talking about tell me i'm not the only one all right man well it was really good seeing you again yeah man so and nice s- what, you all uh, right yeah well the unexpected that hug you don't see coming hey buddy oh man i haven't seen you in so long it's been so long since i've seen you i love you but not like that the suffocation we all have that one friend hey hey buddy. It's been oh. too... Hey, how you oh. doing? Oh, so good. Oh, good oh, to wow. see you. Mm, yeah. And it doesn't stop there. Oh, no. It continues with the lift. Hey, buddy.
2: <laughs> so good to see you. Mm. And
1: it finds its completion in the rag doll. Buddy! Oh! So good to see you! And that's all we got. Did we leave any off? Tell us in the comments below. Now, come on. Give me a hug. Come, come over here. Come here. You. Yes, you. Come me. here.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I want you to do now is I want you to stand up and give someone a hug. just need to know, how many of you out there are huggers? Okay, okay. Um, I've, I've done this like all over New Zealand, and, and most people are huggers. I was quite surprised. So I must be like, you know, because um, I know with myself, I've been like cardboard. So I'm the one that someone hugs me, I just stand there and have my but not anymore. If you didn't witness, but I hugged the, the lady in front. So if anyone took a photo, that was evidence. But um, I was reading an article called The Undeniable Power of a Simple Hug, and it was in the Psychology Today. And I was reading this article, and, uh, and God really spoke to me, and um, he said there's a lot of truth in that. See, when your stress levels go up, and for me, last year, they went up. It was crazy. My thyroid started to get, like, really fat. And uh, um, my, uh, my immune system went really, you know, it went down. And I saw my doctor, and my doctor said to me, man, you're under a lot of stress. And I said, yeah, I know. I've just been through, you know, different things with my family. And she said to me, well, you need to change your diet because you've got to do the practical don't be like, oh, I pray for healing and you're like eating KFC or something. But uh, anyway, so she told me I had to change my diet. So I was like, oh. And she said, Kathy, you're over 42 now. No, I'm not. I'm 42. Oh, my goodness. What? Over 42. Anyway, just added another year. But I'm 42 now. And she said, you need to exercise. Because I had kind of like cut that out of my life. Anyway, and so I said, okay. And she basically said, get off your fat at. Uh, and do something, and I went, oh my goodness, that was like, eh. But um, in this article, um, The Undeniable Power of a Simple Hug, it talks about how when the hormone cortisol is, is starts to increase in your body, something within you wants to reach out for safety, you want to reach out for uh, companionship, um, for me, it was like my e group. That's our group of girls that get together on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. And I had to be vulnerable with them. And I said, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling. I just really need your prayers and I need your support. And they just got around me. And so every Tuesday, we would get together, we would pray together and cry together. I know. I know some guys are like, Oh, that's so lame. But. There was a lot of healing that took place. But in this article, it talks about how a simple touch or uh, like physical touch and an embrace. Because I'm not, if you've ever done the five languages, I am not physical touch. I am acts of service. If you clean my house, I love you. Um, I think everyone's acts of service, right? Anyway. (laughs) But, uh, you know, and so I read this article and I look through it through my acts of service eyes, and I'm like rolling my eyes, oh, physical touch, you know, but it says that what it releases when someone pats you on the back and says, hey, it's going to be okay, if someone embraces you with a hug, oxytocin is released, it's a a natural high in your body, and what it says is it quickens a physical healing inside of you, so it actually makes the process faster And I thought to myself, I actually need more of that, because you know when you you know you're you're asking God for healing, and all you need sometimes is a hug. I know some of you are like, what? That sounds so simple. Well, that's why the article is called the undeniable power of a simple hug. And so when I was uh, praying about equip her, and I just asked God, what do you want me to speak about? And he talked about embracing who we are in him, but also embracing pain. I know some of us are like, I don't want to embrace pain. Well, neither did I. But we need to embrace every part of our journey because I know some of us want to go from A to Z, and there's the middle part that's kind of like up and down, up and down, up and down. And uh, it took me back to a place when my midwife, said to me, Kathy, you need to go with the pain. And uh, when I was pregnant with my first child, I said, okay. And and my friends, my well-meaning friends gave me these stupid books about supernatural, you know, childbirth and uh, pain-free and you won't experience any pain. And I don't know, there's probably one out of a million mums that have ever experienced that. But I was reading these books going, this is ridiculous, because I know it's really painful. I've seen people scream, I've heard people scream. And so my midwife said, just go with it. And I think in life, we try and fight what we need to embrace. Like for me, it was fighting the physical touch, the embrace, because it was stopping me from getting quicker in the healing. And I know some of us have been through... uh, maybe circumstances or situations where you've never felt safe to do that. And I wanna address that later on. But um, yeah, my midwife said, embrace the pain. so I'm like, okay, you're sweet. I get my first contraction, this is my first baby, and I'm like, okay, just give me the, you know, give me the epidural, please. And you know what? You know when you can tell someone's judging you? So she's looking at me going, weak woman, anyway. So she's encouraging me, you know, come on, just go with it. You'll, you'll feel better. You'll heal better when you go with the pain. And so I said, yeah, 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 just give me the drugs, please. I just want to numb the pain. I don't want to feel anything. And so the first time uh, when I was giving birth, I, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel, you know, the, the pushing, anything like that. And I didn't feel like I missed out because I was like, yeah, I didn't feel the pain, that was awesome, anyway, but the second time round, I thought, okay, I need to take her advice, because it took me actually longer to heal, so when I was pregnant with Ruby, my second daughter, um, I was eating a steak dinner, really delicious, anyway, eating a steak dinner, and I felt the first contraction, and I oh, 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 this is, this is a moment, anyway, I'm standing there, oh no, and no, I'm sitting there, I don't stand while I eat, anyway, I was sitting there at the table eating, and I said, Sam, I think the baby's going to come. And he goes, okay. So he, he, he wanted to finish his food. Anyway, so we're still sitting there, and I'm like, oh, man, it, my tummy's sore. Anyway, I found out I was seven centimeters dilated. And uh, I know, steak helps. That's a tip. You get that for free, okay? Eat a steak. Anyway, so... Um, we, we get to the hospital and, you know, I was proud of myself because all they gave me was Panadol, anyway. Even though I wanted more stuff, I was like, Panadol, anyway. So I went with the pain. I went through, you know, Sam was filming me at the time and back in those days we had those big video cameras and I was so positive, right? I was really positive, I was. Until I went through the transition stage And uh, I don't know, uh, how do you describe it? It's like maybe someone running you over with a car and you dying slowly anyway. So Sam was filming me and he goes, you're doing awesome, you know, quoting scripture. And I, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as soon as I hit transition, as soon as it got to the point where I couldn't handle it, I said, turn off that camera. I hate you. And, uh, you know, I just... I don't know, like a demon, demon possessed my body at the time, and I was so angry, I was like, this is your fault, this is why I'm going through the pain, anyway, so that only lasted for another three hours, but I remember that stage of, actually, when I had Ruby, and you know, it felt like she walked out, it was a miracle, anyway, Um, when I had Ruby, I looked at her and I said, actually, this is worth it this is worth the pain. I need to embrace the pain. And, and and some of you probably find that hard to hear. But last year, I I knew that I had to embrace what I was going through and not fight it. And in it, God really ministered to my spirit, to my heart, um, to my family. And it, it took probably a, a few months to kind of say, oh, God, I, I softened my heart. And uh, to embrace myself and to embrace who I am in God, I think, you know, I always say to mothers, you need to embrace your motherhood because it's not a seasonal thing. Because you know what? You're still a mum. The, the kids are still there anyway. And uh, um, I say to mums, you know, it's not a mundane thing to be a mum. You have impact and influence over your children. Uh, maybe you have children that are away from God. I just want to encourage you, it's never too late. I was reading a tribute um, of this, uh, a tribute to this man, um, Frank Schaefer. He's the son of Francis Schaefer, who is a Christian apologist. And uh, Frank Schaeffer, uh, he's 16 now. But he wrote this tribute to his mother. And uh, his mother um, passed away, I think, last year or maybe the year before. But he wrote this beautiful tribute. Now, Francis Schaeffer, amazing Christian apologist, um, but was very legalistic at home. And he was actually quite abusive to his wife. And Frank Schaeffer um, lived under that. And he made it his mission to rebel against everything that was godly to um, undo his father's work. So he would write these controversial books that would be, you know, he'd say, I'm an atheist now, I don't believe what my father believes in, and, you know, all this stuff. And so in the tribute to his mother, Edith, he says, actually, mum, it was you that loved me through my rebellion. And then he goes on about how she was an amazing grandmother, how he remembered her prayers over his children, but even when he wrote his first controversial book against his father, she stood by him. She didn't say anything, but she still loved her son. And that's pretty hard as a mum. Anyway, later on in that tribute, he said, towards the end, he said, Mom, it was your life testimony that spoke to me. And then his last words in this tribute was, Mom, you won, I believe. And this is a guy who was so hard Throughout his journey, 60, but yet through the death of his mother, awoken something within him. It was her love. Now, we can look at ourselves if you're a mum in this room and think, I'm just a mum. No, actually, you have more influence over your kid, even more so than a teacher. A teacher may have influence and wide influence, but you have impact over your children. And so I want to encourage you not to think that what you're doing is mundane. It's like, oh, man, you know, what is this? You know, in the end, um, I just do what I have to do. I'm a taxi driver. You know, I know what that feels like, driving in Auckland traffic, dropping your kids off everywhere. But I have to go back to the place where I've got to embrace who I am as a child of God but also as a mother. So embrace the journey that you're on, embrace the stage that you're on, because in the end, you know what, you're accountable for your gifts, you're accountable for your talents, you're not accountable for anyone else's, when you meet your maker, you're accountable for what you've done on this earth, and that's pretty scary, because I always think, God, am I actually using everything that you've given me, am I actually producing, am I Am I giving you glory as a mom? Am I giving you glory as a Christian? And I've got to get to the point where I've got to embrace every stage of my life. Number two, the challenge is we need to widen our circle of trust. We need to widen our circle of compassion. Now, I know some people are like, ah, my circle's a bit too wide, you know, because I've got a lot of people in my world. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about have you ever been food poisoned? Like really food poisoned. I'm talking about KFC gone off. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a vulnerable thing to actually open your mouth and eat because you're trusting that the food is not going to poison you. You're trusting that this food is, you know, A grade. And so if you've ever been food poisoned and, uh, And then you go back to that place or you eat that certain food again. The defenses go up. Caution, caution. I don't want to eat this because I know, you know, last time I had diarrhea and vomiting. And so you experience that and it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Widening your circle of trust. This is what it looks like. It looks like giving some people another go putting your walls and defenses down and saying, okay, that's right, you're a human being. You make mistakes. Now, I'm not talking about if you're in an abusive relationship. I'm not endorsing that because if you are, you need to leave. But I'm talking about friendships. I'm talking about opening up to, to, to people that are trustworthy, that are godly, people that will give you wise advice. Who is speaking into your life right now? Is it your drunk uncle? Your drunk auntie? The drunk neighbor next door? Actually, not everyone is drunk, hey? It's just, it sounds good. It sounds good. You know, drunk, drunk, drunk. Anyway, I'm not thinking about alcohol, by the way. It just sounded like, you know. Uh, But if you've ever been hurt or offended, the thing is, is that you put your walls up, you don't wanna trust anyone. I've seen this happen through church, church life and God just said to me, Tru- the true mark of maturity is seeing yourself in that person's shoes and that's really hard. Two years ago, I was at Shout Conference, um, I'm there every year by the way, but I was there two years ago and uh, I was, I put my hand up for healing And um, I was like, God, I need to be healed. I I busted my rotator cuff. That's a fancy word for, you know, my top shoulder. Anyway. And I was seeing the physio for months. And the physio said to me, it should be fine by now. And I went, yeah, I know. Are you doing your job? Anyway, so I was like, oh, man. And I was complaining about it. And I was like at the point where, oh, God, I really need your healing. And so I put my hand up. And here's the thing, you know when God speaks to you and you think it's the devil, and I put my hand up and the Lord said, do you want to get healed? And I, yes, that's all got my hand up, it's pretty obvious, anyway, had my hand up, and then the Lord showed me the face of someone, and it was like, I had my eyes shut, and I just wanted to scratch their face. I was like, why God, why is their face before me, eyes shut? Nobody knew what was going on in my heart, but I knew what he wanted me to to do, and I'm like, God, you know, it was like I had that heart of stone, like it says in Ezekiel, and uh, he said, do you want to get healed? I'm like, yes, I want you to forgive that person. You know, being a pastor um, means nothing, because you're human, and you you go through different things, and... Uh, this person, I was offended at this person. I thought I had forgiven them quite a few times. Anyway, so uh, it was really hard. It was so hard. I was like, God, like seriously, just heal me, I'll forgive them later. He was like, no, I want you to forgive them now. So I had to make a decision to widen my circle of trust. I had to actually... Let my defenses down. And in my heart, it took five minutes to process this because I was like, God, I really don't want to forgive them. And, you know, you have to say their name and if they're around you, are like, oh. <laughs> I forgive. Anyway. So, anyway, as soon as I said their name and I forgave them and I really meant it in my heart, I got instantly healed. Like it was something that I, I've heard other people share testimonies like this. And I'm not saying all healing is unforgiveness, but for me, I didn't see my healing until I forgave that person. And, uh, you know, uh, Sam Chand, he wrote this book called Leadership Pain. hate that book. Anyway, it's a really good book. Should read it anyway. Uh, but it's so honest, you know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. So he talks about how we can be like an onion And he said, the sweetest part of an onion is the center, but you've got to go through all the layers. And so widening your circle of trust is actually letting down your defenses and saying, I forgive that person. You know, the awesome thing last night at Equipura in Auckland, um, we had our Flourish Conference for our six to 13-year-olds, and there were about 70 girls upstairs and that was so powerful. My youngest daughter Sophia goes, "Mom, I took my journal and I wrote down what God said about me." And for a mum, that's a win, you know. And I'm like, "Did God say to you to clean your room?" You know those ones. <laughs> I'm so spiritual, eh? Did God tell you to massage your mum's feet? Anyway, you know, try and slip in those prophetic words, eh? Those ones. But they had flourish conference upstairs, and uh, and then in the main theatre we had equip her, and um, I think for me, seeing my daughters, my two teenage daughters respond, and they came out the front, and, and the worst thing was, they were crying, and I went, oh, <laughs> you know, you're like, I oh, I just can't handle seeing my kids cry, but God was speaking to them, and uh, my daughter said to me, mum, I feel free, I feel free, mum, and I just said, well, that's, that's God, not me, I said, yeah, we know, <laughs> Because we've seen you at home anyway. But did God speak to you? Did he tell you to clean your room anyway? But my expectation tonight is that God would do a deep work in your heart. But it's going to require you responding and letting your defenses down. Because you're not an onion. (laughs) Thank God you're not an onion. Even though onions make us cry, people make us cry. You know, that's just, that's just life. But getting to the stage of trusting again, maybe you've been betrayed, maybe someone's let you down, maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe not just by people, but you feel disappointed by God. Maybe you've had dreams that haven't been realized yet. Um, You've seen other people get blessed. That's annoying too, eh? And when people share their testimony oh, I just got a million dollars. And you know, you're sitting there going, it's nice for you. (laughs) I hope you don't chip over and break your leg, you know, like one of those things. But letting your defenses down. And um, I did this all over New Zealand. And um, it's funny because I've got a friend in in the Hawke's Bay who's not a hugger. And so what I'm going to do is we're going to have room for ministry time right now because I really believe God wants to do a deep work in your hearts. And what it requires is for you to just put your pride down, lay your pride aside like I had to. Don't let your ego be your amigo. I'm into rhyming tonight, right? But saying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And I want all the women leaders, if you're an e-group leader or leader, or whatever, you just lead in some kind of capacity. I want you to come to the front and face the ladies, the beautiful ladies. And if the worship team could come up too, they'd be awesome. Because what we're going to do is we're going to worship. But in this moment... This could speed up the healing in your heart. This could be the breakthrough that God wants to do inside. And so I want you to come forward and I want you to respond. And these ladies, I don't care if you're not huggers, you're just going to be, okay? Anyway, I want these ladies up the front, they're going to hug you. Now, you know, we did this in the Hawks Bay and um, people were like, Just standing back going, is this for real? Yeah, it is. Because I really believe, you know, in the science of a hug. But also, we're demonstrating the love of Jesus right now. So I want every lady to stand up. And we did this in Auckland. And I tell you, women were running up the front for a hug. And my daughter, my, my eldest daughter is not a hugger. She was the first one up. God did a quick work in her and you're going to find something just break off you. And I don't care if you're, if you're a hugger or not a hugger, I want you to respond and say thank you God, you're going to do a quick work. And when you walk out of here, honestly, you're going to be skipping. Or maybe if you can't skip, just walking fast. Okay? So we're going to worship and I want you to respond and let God soften heart. Thank you Jesus. Hold my Come on ladies I know you want a hug. Jesus you hold my heart.
2: Jesus you i As you.
0: to your touch right now. If you've never come from a family that was probably not so affectionate, I pray right now that you would feel the embrace of a loving father. Maybe you've never heard the words, I love you from your father or mother. He loves you. Let that seal something within you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just have a word. If, is there anyone that struggles with anxiety and uh, panic attacks, like it's probably taking over your life right now? If that's you, I want you to put your hand up. I want you to come forward too. Can you come forward? Just going to get the leaders, leaders out. Just lay hands on you right now. Get ready to receive with arms open this is a sign that you're you're ready thank you Father right now we take authority over every worry and anxiety and God we agree with your truth right now in Jesus name Your truth that says that you give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. And right now, release your supernatural peace over these women, over their minds. Thank you, you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind. We agree with your truth. We thank you for a sound mind. And we say to every little deceiving voice that would cause panic right now, we shut you down in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that we have all authority. You've given us all authority to stand on the enemy right now. Devil, you are defeated. And right now we don't react to the devil, but we respond to the Father. We thank you, Father, that you have our back. We thank you, Father, that you are our refuge, you are our safety in Jesus name. So right now we speak peace with His unrest. We speak a sound mind with his been anxiety. We speak over their minds right now in Jesus name, "Come on, receive the peace of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father.